Hello and welcome to the Doctor Chaos podcast. Man, it's been a, it's been a week、uh, for sure in cybersecurity news. And discussing this week with me is Jonas Walker. Jonas, my good friend, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Amar. I'm back in Singapore after a short travel to Europe, and as you said, it was a very interesting week when we look at cybercrime of the recent happenings. Yeah, Jonas, I feel bad because you can't even get a proper vacation without,、uh, you know, worrying about cybercrime or cyber attacks and just relaxing a little bit. Because soon, as soon as you did,、uh, you know, obviously、um, other big attacks happen, and that's why we're here to kind of discuss them and、uh, bring you the news, right? <laughs> Uh, as we always say, Omar, cybercrime never sleeps and doesn't know any borders. So, it has some advantages to be on the internet, but it comes with some drawbacks for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And this week, the news everywhere that I'm sure everyone's hearing is lapsus or lapsus,、uh, depending on how you say it.、Uh, how, how do you say, it, Jonas? I, I'd say lapsus, but maybe it's my German accent, which、uh, yeah, I think that's that's kind of what the, the pronunciation that I'm hearing everywhere is lapsus.、Uh, so, oh, you know, this group.、Um, It's making the news this week. A lot of people hadn't heard of it before this week, but they have been around.、Um, uh, I mean, they've been,、uh, you know, involved or have made headlines in a few data breaches、um, this week.、Uh, some some big ones, but this group is, you know, known to、uh, really play the social engineering aspect of、uh, cyber attacks.、Uh, that's kind of what they're、uh, known for: is to really take advantage of social engineering. They seem to have a key handle. It seems to be their speciality, and it seems like a lot of the attacks that they They go after a lot of the breaches that they've been involved with. Doesn't really involve like buying zero days or going to a zero day broker or doing like an advanced,、uh, sophisticated attack.、Um, now, of course, of course, we're not involved in the forensics piece or the incident response piece, so we're only guessing from some, what some of the headlines are saying and kind of summarizing that.、Uh, but、uh, it seems like their their big speciality is、uh, social engineering. Definitely, and, and you know, Omar, it's interesting because recently, whenever we talked about cybercrime, especially financially motivated, it was about ransomware all over the news. And this one is following still certain procedures in the kill chain when it comes to initial access,、um, but they're mainly focusing, as far as what we see, on social engineering techniques. But definitely exploiting some vulnerabilities. But they make a lot of noise in their own Telegram channel. And provide information how they use social engineering to get access to their victims' environments, and then use different kind of techniques to gain more access inside these environments. But they're not really focusing on encrypting any data. It's more about exfiltration and then extortion. So they completely skip the encryption part and、uh, seem to make a lot of money. Though I saw that、uh, one of the Bitcoin wallets had over three hundred. Bitcoins in there, which is,、um, if I'm not calculating wrong, close to 14 or 15 million these days. So、uh, we're talking about big numbers here. Yeah, 14 or 15 million dollars.、Uh, so that that is definitely big numbers.、Um, so in the just recent,、um, you know, days, I would say,、uh, you, you know,、uh, Okta is.、Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I. Jumping ahead of myself, Lapsus has been associated with data breaches for Okta, for Microsoft,、um, you know, for Samsung, for Nvidia.、Um, I mean, there's a lot of big names that are being thrown out there, and they're being associated with、uh, Lapsus.、Um, Microsoft actually confirmed that、uh, they they feel like、uh, they've had a、uh, you know Lapsus had breached them and、um, stole、uh, stole a certain source code, specifically like、uh, Bing, I believe Bing Maps and、uh, Cortana source code.、Um, Microsoft actually. 
actually, uh, I think, came out and said, hey, you know, when uh, uh, when Elapsus actually leaked this, um, you know, part of our incident response process, at least the way I was understanding this, is they said, you know, we don't publicly reveal this all the time. And that's kind of normal in incident response because you kind of want to see what the attacker is doing and contain them. You don't want to really tip your hand that you you might have caught them. But they said, hey, as soon as they publicly reveal themselves, we kind of close down the data, uh, you, you know, channels, make sure they didn't expand. I think that's actually very typical and I'm glad that Microsoft kind of gave us a little bit of insight on their incident response process. And they also said like, Hey, leaking source code basically doesn't affect security because, you know, we've had source code leak in the, in the past. We've kind of expected it. That kind of, this is kind of what I'm reading between the lines. They're saying our security is not really relying on just the secrecy of uh, source code. That's, I think that's, uh, you know, some of the verbiage they use, which, which I really liked, um, uh, you know, the Okta data, which uh, leak, which is uh, going around this week, Week. also really uh you know public uh and uh, you know breach everyone's talking about it because okta does basically two-factor authentication for a lot of enterprises you know when you're connecting to your vpn uh you get those little pop-ups on your phone hey put in this extra code okta does that uh you know really really well a respected company and really widely widely used company for that um Basically, Lapsus is saying, hey, we didn't get into any databases uh, from Okta, but we can basically have access to, you know, their customers' accounts or basically their customers' passwords. Um, and, uh, you know, they released a couple of screenshots on Telegram and some other groups on their, uh, you know, Tor GitHub, GitHub site, you know, claiming that they have access to uh, networks based on that. Uh, once again, it looks like part of that attack is a social engineering attack. But, um, you know, uh, Jonas, any thoughts or anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I think what's interesting or what's standing out, and it seems like they're quite proud of how they achieved that, is when it comes to multi-factor authentication, they were heavily relying on being very annoying. So whenever they had usernames and passwords available and had to evade security layers like multi-factor authentication, they were not looking for a technical technical. Um, vulnerability what they did is they were pretty much spamming the users who were using these multi-factor authentication on their phone for example and the people were just receiving pop-up messages all over the place some of them had sound notifications on and they were just betting on people getting so annoyed just approving it so it, it finally stops which looks to me like um, quite an interesting approach but apparently it was working for them and they mentioned this multiple times in different kind of news platforms so i think it's um it's it's a topic which we have been talking frequently about where is the balance between security and not making security annoyance for people because i believe there are things which we can do better when it comes to um to these pop-up messages to prevent that people get annoyed by it for example not allowing a certain amount of requests in a certain amount of time frame because this is pretty much a brute force attempt in a different way or completely disable pop-up messages so you need to open whatever authenticator you use and type in the code manually but again it, it's always this bridge between how convenient do you want to make it for the people who use it because in the end if everyone gets super annoyed about it we um, have different problems yeah, exactly. This is uh, almost, uh, I don't know if the term's out there or not, but uh, uh, 
social engineering brute force. Um, so as you said, I mean, I get this, these messages all the time is that, you know, I log into a place, my two-factor authentication comes up and, uh, you know, on my phone, it says, you want to allow access? I click yes. I remember a couple of years ago, you didn't have that option. I had to actually launch the app and type in, the, you know, the multi-digit code, uh, you know, in the authentication field uh, to, you know, basically allow access to the website or the resource that I'm using. And then when they came up with that button uh, that most two-factor authentication has, like you just click yes, it automatically fills it out for you and you're good to go. I, I love that. Uh, and and of course, there are times when I click yes and nothing happens. It seems like, uh, you know, the connection doesn't go back to the website or I still have to put it in manually. So I think we kind of have gotten trained to like, hey, sometimes these things don't work. And sometimes I do get pop-ups like multiple times. Uh, I think I was uh, telling you before this podcast is I use Google Authenticator a lot. And I have the Google Authenticator app on my phone, but I also have the Gmail app on my phone. And sometimes I get two authentication methods for the same resource. And I just, you know, when I click on the first one, it works, but I normally click on the second one as well. Um, so I think people are kind of used to, um, you know, some of this social engineering stuff. I'm definitely going to be more careful because that could be a social engineering vector as well in that regard. But, um, you know, when you're getting like multiple pop-ups or pop-ups like once every 20 minutes or 30 minutes, you may just click yes, say hopefully it goes away while there's a bad guy or evil guy sitting on the other end just gaining access to systems now. Yeah, definitely. And and talking about the social engineering aspect or the human factor, let's call it this way, um, just a couple hours before us recording this podcast, it was announced that actually part of the group was being arrested by law enforcement in the UK. So allegedly, some of the members were actually or are actually minors. So names are not being named due to legal reasons. But apparently, some of them were dogs online by other people who they did business with. Uh, they tried to purchase some other databases and the seller was not really happy with the transaction. So he revealed name, address, social media pictures. Um, and as well, law enforcement was able to gather some more information based on uh, on personal OPSEC security issues from the people working at Lapsus itself. So I think it, it's interesting to see how the circle closes itself, that they were using social engineering techniques to gain access to these, some of the biggest corporations in the world. But then on the other hand, the way they got busted was also by other people abusing um, or, or pretty much uh, doxing them online um, with, with bad op operational security by themselves. Yeah, so first of all, really interesting. Uh, the seven people arrested in the UK, um, I think all of them were minors um, under 18 years old. I believe that's uh, a minor in the UK. So uh, that's that's very interesting. We have a lot of, you know, we have a lot of kids basically doing these attacks. And as you said earlier, you know, maybe a 15 to $20 million operation as of this moment. So that's a lot of money for kids. Um, you know, a discussion for another time is, you know, some, uh, you know, how, how do we prosecute or how do we see cybercrime prosecutions, especially for minors? In the U.S. here, um, you know, we have been pretty aggressive on cybercrime, uh, uh, you know, um, on prosecutions and, uh, and enforcement, even with minors, at least as of late. I know in other countries, it's not like that. And I don't know if that motivates, is, is, that, is that the reason why we're seeing some minors like go after this because they're like, hey, I can make a few million dollars or more be set up for life 
before I'm 18, it's all good. And then, uh, you know, basically stop doing this when I'm 18. I, I don't know what they're thinking. I'm just kind of guessing. But uh, but also the interesting part is, you know, they essentially got caught by other bad guys that didn't like the way they were doing business. So uh, that's something to keep in mind is, uh, um, you know, maybe when you're when you're a minor, you're not uh, you're not thinking correctly and think you can get away with everything. But uh, there's always, as they say, there's always a bigger fish out there. And uh, and, uh, you know, other people, uh, you know, uh, definitely caught on to them uh, that are, that could potentially also be in the criminal underground market. Yeah, definitely. And I think to be to be fair, when when I was a teenager and I had access to a computer, um, I think all of us did things which, looking back, we are not uh, didn't have our proudest moments. And maybe when we were younger and more inexperienced, we didn't think too much about the potential consequences. But it, it really shows that if teenagers do things which are not the best things uh, on the internet uh, against the wrong people, it can definitely have certain kind of consequences which uh, will haunt them the rest of their lives. And I think it's definitely something which we need to, to consider. Um, but it also shows what kind of skill sets young people can already have at a very young age with, with computers. And of course, in this example, it's it's not the most beautiful outcome for, for these individuals. But I think on the bright side, it also shows that people who grow up with technology have a bright future in front of them. And security industry in general can provide the multiple amazing career paths. So everyone is listening out there especially from the younger generation um there's a uh, plenty of great opportunities on, on the good side as well where you don't have to end up in jail yeah absolutely uh it reminds me uh there, there's a um really famous i don't i don't know him but there's a, a really uh well-known uh, security researcher uh, named uh, Sammy, uh, Sammy uh, Kumkar. And he was well-known for, at that time, spreading the fastest, I guess, spreading virus in the world. It was the MySpace virus, dubbed Sammy. Um, you know, he talks a lot about, uh, you, you know, kind of the mistakes he made as a, as a, in his younger days and, uh, you know, the lessons he learned. It's a great story. You reminded me of that. I, I would recommend to all our listeners, go look him up on uh, YouTube, listen to some of his YouTube talks, really really uh awesome funny one of the best presenters and one of the most coolest technical people that uh that i've seen speak uh, as well so i would recommend that but same same thing with that uh with what you're saying you know what the stories i remember from hearing sammy's talk from like even my own personal stories we've all done stuff that we're probably embarrassed about or like looking back at it thinking man that wasn't the smartest thing and uh you know probably a little bit of luck and probably probably uh, even a little bit of hesitation involved in why, why it wasn't even worse but thank god for that at least on my part i'm sure on your part as well and a lot of good lessons as you said to be uh learned that you don't uh you don't have to you don't have to like raise hell to to uh you know be respected in this field by any means especially if you're um you know of a certain age uh you can definitely get that respect in many other ways yeah, I definitely agree with that. Not much more uh, to say. Well, Jonas, uh, awesome always talking to you. Uh, this is uh, a great podcast. The story is continuing to develop. So I'm even sure by the time the listeners are, are uh, listening to this uh, and hearing about this, uh, things ha may have changed. So we encourage you to look at your latest cyber news. Uh, go to drchaos.com where all your cyber news and uh, latest uh, threats are out there as well. And we will talk to you next time.